Blog Talk Radio. in between. Live from Los Angeles, California, welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your host, Shaw McCain. Evening, everyone. I'm your featured host, Shaw McCain. I'm on Talk Radio. I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and Sacred Radio Show. My show is created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstances. Please follow me on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world, and we're very proud to say translated into many different languages. Uh, the call number tonight is 619-924-9744, and the Paranormal and Sacred Air is every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we'd like to thank Tucker Smallwood for our intro. We really appreciate you, Tucker. And uh, I can take questions in order in chat. And uh, you may also call in with questions with our special guest tonight. Just a reminder, any buzz killers will give it get the boot, and uh, we'll, you'll get blocked off the radio. So please do not uh, cause trouble and play nice, and we won't have any problems. So there's a couple of announcements I have to make before we get our special guest on tonight. And uh, they're planning, the UFO Congress is already underway for the 2017. And uh, it's they said that it's a great event and they would like you to mark your calendars now for February 15th through 19th, 2017. They know it's a far far away, but they're asking you to, to show up and also sign up for Open Minds and the UF Congress uh, newsletter to hear our upcoming uh, Steve Bassett and a bunch of other people are very interested in uh, getting the word out about uh, being open about uh, UFO activities with our service in our country and things like that. So they're they're out there in Washington pounding the pavement on our behalf. So keep your your calendar open for that. And Acero International, a group I personally belong to for over 20 years, uh, the Board of Advisors uh, proudly presents an exciting event on Saturday, April 23rd, so that's coming up, featuring Nick Pope, uh, who is a former member of Britain's Ministry of Defense, and it's a rare appearance, uh, appearance for him, and also with Colonel Charles Halt, believe it or not, so you can be able to meet these people in person. And this is, uh, he's t- they're talking about the UFO experience in Randlesham. Uh, I think most of us have heard about this, but you get to be talk to the people in person, December 26, 28, 1980s, when this happened. So anyway, get a hold of this through www.cerointernational.com, and this way you're going to be able to get your tickets. So Saturday the 23rd, and we're also going to have them for dinner. So uh, the doors open at 12.30, program starts at 1.00, and uh, let's see, it's going to be West Holm Avenue, and you get more information on the website again, www.cero international to purchase your tickets. And they're going to have a talk on that Sunday at the 24th, so you'll have the opportunity to meet them in person and speak, ask questions then. And uh, that's going to be, okay, let me read this again, April 24th, 
This is local or more local to LA, the Courtyard Marriott, and it's 109 Torrance. And uh, let's see, and it's 30 bucks at the door. And just go to the site again. I'll say it one more time. Yvonne Smith, director and founder of www.crointernational.com. And they're they're worried about uh, experiences right to speak and not be ridiculed for what they're saying. Okay, so I have a couple of friends. That one, uh, she does intuitive counseling, past life regressions, and hypnotherapy and energy work. And uh, you can reach her. She's a wonderful lady. You can reach her at Kim Trotman. Dot com, K-I-M-T-R-O-T-M-A-N.com. Uh, for those that don't know her, she's uh, intuitive and she's a healer and she can read auras and does all that. She does card readings. And she's located in Newport Beach. You can call her at 866-546-8768. And let's see. And my lovely friend is Marilyn Salas. She's also a healer. Uh, she's Captain Robert Salas's wife. I love them both very much. And they're out of Ojai. So if you'd like to go to her, she's a uh, she does believe in Native American ways, and uh, she's a lovely person. If you need counseling or any help whatsoever, it's time to reach out. So go to www.lovesblessing.com, or you can reach Marilyn at Marilyn, M-A-R-I-L-Y-N, Salas, at gmail.com. So now we come to the best part of the show. Tonight we are so happy to present our friend and fellow paranormalist, Marcia Mack, who lives right outside of Chicago in a town called Lake Zurich. She, I hope you pronounced it right, she graduated college from Columbia College, Chicago, majoring in film and working in the business for several years after college. Currently, she's a real estate broker by day and a paranormal investigator by night, and you can imagine her job sometimes takes her into some eerie homes and buildings. Scary. Marcia has been active in the paranormal field for over eight years, specializing in EVPs, and we are dying to hear about this, electronic voice phenomena. She has been passionate about the, the paranormal since she was a child, having experienced spirits and ghosts firsthand, and spending years looking for an explanation. Over the years, Marcia has investigated many locations in different states throughout the country and has worked with many great folks in the field like Chris Fleming and the Booth Brothers. I love them. Currently, she works with the IPRA as their VVP specialist, as well as working independently with various other investigators. Marcia strives to keep do keep learning and keep communicating to, to the others these answers or the mysteries of life. Anyway, and today she's closer to those answers than ever before. She's been invite, invited to conduct an EVP workshop this fall at the Chicago Ghost Conference. And congratulations. And she also has a YouTube channel called Ghost Hunter Marsha. And on her channel, she has what she calls her video files. So they're a very simple compilation of videos with evidence clips at different haunted locations. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome Marsha Mack. Marsha Mack, you're live with the Paranormal and the Sacred. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on because uh, we have been thinking a lot about uh, the ghost and what what are ghosts and all this lately. And I, I see that you're you're very interesting, and uh, uh, I've watched a few of your clips and everything else. And uh, you're you're one of the steady ones. I know you get spooked once in a while, but you seem to have a lot of courage on this uh, new adventure of yours. <laughs> yeah, it. You know, when I was young. Um, 
I I was scared. I mean, really scared when certain things would happen. Um, and to the point where I couldn't sleep, I would invite my mother, you know, invite her. I'd force her to, you know, come into my room and sleep with me. And, um, and then over the years, as I got older and I was trying to find an explanation, and then, of course, I started getting into really investigating the paranormal, um, it, it, it sort of turned into like my fear of heights. I used to have a fear of heights, but I forced myself to um, get over it to the point where I went skydiving. Um, and so I found that it, it was sort of similar as as I got older and really started to get into uh, doing this paranormal work. I really forced myself to, um, you know, brave up, you know, chin yeah. up a little bit. But, but then again, you know, there are plenty of clips where I, you know, I mean, things happen when you're out there and you can't help but react. And sometimes your reaction is fear. Um, so that does happen. But overall, I, I try to stay pretty level-headed. Yeah, so where did you grow up, Marsha? Tell us, uh, tell us like, where you grew up and I when your first up, experiences began. Yeah, I was born in Chicago. And uh, then we moved when I was young to the North Shore suburbs of Chicago. I grew up in Skokie and then Morton Grove. Um, once I started college in the city, I moved into the city. I lived in the city for 13 years. Um, I studied film and I worked in the business for a bunch of years after that, working on different features and, um, commercials and things like that. It was really fun. Um, but early on when I was young, I would see things, um, I would see what what now I would call dead people uh, walking into my room, but they it would be a flash of a person either walking down the hallway or walking into my room. Um, so it started with simple things like that where I pretty much thought I was just going crazy, that I was just seeing things. So I... I, I I, I wasn't sure what was going on, but I wasn't thinking that I was really seeing a ghost. I was pretty much just thinking that I, I was imagining it. Um, I was pretty young. Um, but once I turned, uh, I want to say about 16, 17, things started to uh, rev up a little bit as far as that goes. Um, I, my The door of my bedroom would open. Um, in the morning when I'd be getting ready for school, I'd have my door closed and it would just open. Um, and that kept happening again and again and again. And it got to the point where, uh, like, like I almost got comfortable with it. Like, I remember even saying out loud, like, the door would open. I'd say, oh, you know, you're back? Come on in. You know, things like that. But yeah. for one night, I was... I had been experiencing some weird things in the house and um that and that had been like for weeks leading up to this. And I went to sleep one night and I woke up in the middle of the night, my dark room, and I see a man standing at the foot of my bed and he was completely dark figure, completely black. I could just 
see the outline. Like he was blacker than the blackness in the room. And I remember close, shutting my eyes and like rubbing my eyes, like doing one of those and opening my eyes up again. And he's still there. And then, so then I, my, you know, I started thinking, well, I, you know, maybe it's my dad because it looked like a man. So I sat up in bed and I looked at, and I couldn't see a face. All I could see was the outline and it resembled my father. So out loud, I, I, I looked at this figure and said, dad, what are you doing here? And this was the other thing I could tell once I sat up, I was closer to whatever was standing there. And I could tell that this, and it was a male figure, I could tell that he was wearing a robe, this long robe, and I could see the knot in the tie that wrapped around the robe. And I remember thinking, and this all happened so quickly in my head, like I remember thinking, like, oh, it's 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 dad, but oh, he's wearing a robe. He doesn't have a robe. Why is he wearing a robe? Never seen him in a robe. And then I say out loud, you know, Dad, what are you doing here? And this figure, which was looking straight at me, although I couldn't see any facial features, turned its head, and then I could see the profile, turned its head, and then very slowly, like, disappeared right before my eyes. Wow. And, boy, did I let out a scream. My parents come running and busting into my room. My dad thought literally someone had broken into the house and they were, you know, raping me, beating me up. You know, I mean, he didn't know what he was going to find, but there was nobody there. And then I would have instances of waking up in the middle of the night and hearing a group of people, it seemed like male and female voices combined, but a group all speaking at the same time, like whispering, like gibberish. Like I couldn't understand a single thing. And Mm -hmm. this happened a couple of times. Um, The first time it happened, I woke up and I can hear a whole group of people next to my bed, like all whispering something that I couldn't understand all at the same time. And that the first time it happened, I thought I left my radio on because I used to fall asleep to my radio. And so I leaned up on the bed. I got up on my elbow. I leaned over to my nightstand. I went to hit my, you know, radio to turn it off. And I looked at it, and it was off. But I could still hear this whispering this mass this whispering of masses because it was like a lot of people all whispering and when I realized that it wasn't the radio I I I was startled I jumped I I did one of those like (gasps) and as soon as I did that boom it stopped and that happened a couple of times um and that's just one of tons of stories that that I have of of things happening to me. Um, But those are really, that period of time when I was a teenager, those really stand out for me. Yeah, do you feel that, uh, because I've heard many times that just because you are teenagers, there's a lot of more poltergeist and paranormal activity in the house with a teenager. Yeah, that's right. Just because of 
you know, the sort of, um, uh, what's the word? I don't want to say energy. It's sort of like a hormonal kind of thing. Like a kinetic thing. An energy that goes on, that, that is sort of changing when you're a teenager. And, you know, a teenager, you know, you have your highs and lows and you can snap you know, I remember yeah. being a teenager and being, you know, you'd be really happy and the next minute you're like fighting with your mom or, you know, everything is so dramatic and everything is, you know, such a big deal when you're a teenager. Um, sure but yeah, that's, that's not uncommon that, uh, you know, uh, no. young women and men, they, they're, you know, in their teenage years. Um, experience a lot of paranormal and so much of it comes from them. It's not even that there's a ghost in the house. It's just their own their own energy putting culture Yeah, their own energy exactly that sort of takes a life of its own. Now what did your what was your family, you and your family's belief system at that time about ghosts and Um, the Well, I was was raised um, in a Greek family, so we're Greek Orthodox. Um, My mother was the type of person, oh, they believed in in ghosts. Um, My mother was the type of person that would often, well, not often, I would say regularly, um, would cleanse the house. You know, she'd go around with the incense and the holy water and every so often she'd go around the house, you know, and do her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in the Greek religion, they believe that when you die, that the spirit um, of that person stays around for three days. And then they cross over. And when you go to a Greek funeral, it's very interesting because... Um, the funeral begins at, so you have the wake for a couple of days, and that that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have a wake for a couple of days. Then the third day, you're supposed to have the funeral. And when you have the funeral, you're, you start at the church. At the church, they have the casket, and they have the casket open. And they have the casket facing in a way where the person laying in the casket is facing the altar. Hmm. So they, you know, they have the casket in front of the altar, but the person laying in the casket is, you know, like if they were to sit up, they would be facing the altar. And during the service, it's fascinating. The the priests actually cross over the spirit in the service. That's it's phenomenal. Really I'm, that's it like, is. That's fascinating they actually do it right there. Yeah, because my mother's side of the family, we are Greek Orthodox, and I'm I'm the only sister that's Greek Orthodox, so I'm the first of five. Oh, but, you are. Uh, wow, I didn't yeah, know that. I know. Please, I didn't know that till right now. I'm kind of <laughs> I'm stunned. Anyway, <laughs> small world. Uh, yes, yeah, but yeah, I've just sure been thinking, is. you know, that I was pretty young at all the the any funeral. You know, and uh, the first one that passed in my family was my yaya, and I was out here in California already. So we, uh-huh. I was from Boston, upstate New York. So um, it's a, uh, it's it's stunning because I got a picture 
of her casket. You know, they loved her so much. You know, our grandmother. You know, the 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 matriarch is well loved in a Greek family. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I'll never forget that picture, though. It blew me out mind that she was passed when she was in the casket. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was really oh, something. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's a, so my family was, uh, you know, very superstitious. I know that the church kind of frowns on it now, but back then we wore the eyeballs and the, the maki. And oh, the eyeballs. The oh, absolutely. The eyeballs. And then for, and I still have mine. Um, when I was born, my mother had this little, like, uh, satchel, this fabric that was filled with some kind of herb of mm-hmm. some kind and then attached to it was a little tiny cross to the outside it was like a little pillow filled with some kind yeah. of herb attached to the pillow sewn on a little cross and then had also sewn on a little eye ball right and it uh-huh. was a little safety pin was attached to that and then my mother would attach it to the inside of my clothes, of my little onesie as a baby. Yeah, well, and, yeah, and I still have it. I still have this little you thing. Still have it. I have one of my. Yeah, I have a little ribbon with gold cross on it. I still have. I still have that. You know, it's precious to me. You know. Yeah. Must be oh yeah. Too. Yeah, you're lucky to still but have yeah, that. She used it. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled that I still have that. I'm surprised actually that I haven't lost it in, over the Amazing. years. Yeah. Yeah. So um so uh, we know that there's a many well, um I don't know how you know other people would react to this, but the Greek Orthodox home is a very religious home. And we everybody yeah. has a altar, everybody will have icons. You know, exactly. and it's part of your everyday existence. It's your, you know, you. Yeah, I mean, they're in my room. The house, I have my. Eyes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, to this day, the mm-hmm. same thing. And uh, we burn incense every day of our lives, and we're always in some kind of prayer, and it's just part of your life. It's, it's, you know, it's not like you have to do it. You know, it's just like something you do every day. You pray when you go out. Pray when you go back in. And uh, exactly, it's, 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 it's love me, and I feel like we're lucky that we have that. I do. No matter what I, I know, me too. too. I feel like I love those roots, you know. And uh, yeah, me but, too. I, 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 you know, I, I'm honored that that is, you know, how I grew up, and it's a part of me, and it's, it's, yeah, it's a great thing, really great. That's what I feel. So, when you're researching, when did you start to be uh, take this seriously and start uh, researching? What was your first gig? Oh my gosh. Um, a friend of mine, you know, it's dark. let's see, when was the very first it had to be with my friend Linda who I grew up with. Um and she was always um very much into the paranormal. Both her and I were, but at that time we weren't in you know, really investigating. Um but it happened that a, a good friend of ours, well, a, a really close friend of mine, um, has a farm in northern Illinois, and he has a haunted barn. And we would always talk about the haunted barn and stuff like that. And we'd go in and look around the haunted barn. And then, I don't know, like I was there with Linda, and we started investigating 
and um, and we started to like hear things and knocking noises and things like that, and and then that just kind of grew. You know, it, it's sort of like like everyone says. I mean, it's sort of like you get addicted to doing it. Like you want to do it all the time. Like it was fascinating, and we didn't even really have any equipment. It was just us, like just talking. And and then of course then we started to you know buy the recorders and and you know all the different you know EMF detectors and all of that and we started to accumulate stuff but and I and I was always going to haunted locations lots of cemeteries at the beginning just because they're they're really easy mausoleums things like that um, but for me the turning point was when I started to videotape. Um, when, I, when I started with my video camera, I had a much older video camera. Um, once I started with that and I, and I, you know, would capture certain odd things on film, and since that was my background, I don't know, that really catapulted me into investigating even more. Um, and then I bought this new camera. And that really changed everything for me because with EVPs, which I absolutely love, they are my passion, everything was on the recorder. And um, and I would record on the audio recorder and I would also video at the same time. And then I got this new camera and I went out with the new camera and I realized after I went out on an investigation, came back, uploaded everything, I realized, wow, I am capturing these EVPs on the on video. I'm capturing on the audio, on the video, I'm I'm capturing the EVP. Um so that was a real turning point because for me to be able to get that on video and have a a visual to go along with the audio, like this is exactly where I was when this EVP was captured. This is exactly where the camera was pointing when the EVP was captured. Um, That was a real turning point for me because that was more solidifying in a way, um, you know, with my EVP work and also... Another real simple thing that really changed everything for me was instead of going out there and recording, whether you're using just an audio uh, recorder, digital recorder, or you're using a camera, is to plug in headphones and wear the Mm -hmm. headphones the whole time. I was just going to ask, what what was the first thing you heard? What was the first thing you heard when you're on your investigation? I, the first EVP I ever captured was at Resurrection Cemetery out here um, just outside of Chicago. It's the famous story of Resurrection Mary yeah. um, who haunts the cemetery. Everyone's heard the story. I went there. I went to the cemetery, and when we were leaving, I told uh, my friend who's driving, I said, pull over. I said, I want to have a few minutes by the gates. I just want to have a few minutes. I just want to do a little EVP session there. So everyone waited for me in the car because it was cold and everybody wanted to go. So 
I just got out of the car myself and I went and I stood by the gates and I stood there for a while talking and asking questions and I got an EVP of a woman, a woman's voice saying, you won't find me. Wow. Yeah, that was my next question. Do they seem to be interacting with uh, whoever's listening with you? You know, sometimes, sometimes they absolutely are. They're either commenting about something that either I just said or somebody else in the room just said, or or they're saying something directly about us or whatever it is that we're talking about. And then other times it's it's I don't even know where it's coming from, or you know what I mean. What what, what is yeah. the meaning behind that EVP? Because it has nothing to do with anything that I just asked. It has nothing to do with anything. So that's kind of confusing, but but they're always great. Not really. Answer. I was wondering if I was wonder if these kind of uh, ghosts actually know anything personal about you. Have you found that to ever happen to you? Um, no, I've never had a spirit. I've never captured anything where they're talking about me in the sense of saying something about me that shocked me or the only thing I ever had, and and this went on for a period of time, was when we would use like the ghost box or any sort Mm -hmm. of version of a ghost box. There was a period of time where I would be called bitch, blut, cunt. Sorry, wow. I say the C word. And it was every single time we turned on the box, didn't matter where we were, what location we were at, but I was being sworn at, called a bitch. And to the point, I mean, it was all my friends, all my investigator friends that were there. You know, I mean, it was an issue. They're like, what is going on with you? Right. Like, everywhere we go now, we turn on this box, and it's the same stuff. The same stuff It's like I'm being called the same exact names over and over and over. And that went on for a good eight months. And then it stopped. Then 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 things sort of got back to normal. What are your thoughts but on that? That was kind of weird. That somebody kind of recognized you yeah. or something like that and then uh, yeah. decided to scare you for a while? Yeah, that's what I, I think there was someone that was just hanging out for a while. Like every time that box was turned on, they're like, oh, there she goes again. I'm going to screw around with her for a while. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of because I never had any. It only lasted for a short period of time, you know, a few months, like I said, but I never had any issues after that, and I never had any issues when I wasn't investigating. Like, everything was cool, you know, back at home, oh, work, good. life. Everything was good. But the but I go on, on an investigation, turn on that box, and bam, it was the same thing. To the point where everybody else was noticing. You know, they were like, what's going on? Every time we go out with you and we turn this thing on, it's the same thing. Weird. But it, yeah, it I is, think someone it, was hanging strange out. strange, and 
I would freak out if one even said my name. You know what I mean? That would be the end. I, I haven't never. Oh heard. yeah, that I've gotten. Um, yeah, I've gotten EVPs of my name, and that's creepy. That's very disconcerting, and it, it does make you feel very uncomfortable hearing your name. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was wondering. So, you the uh, so what are your favorite uh, investigation spots? What have you found to be a hotbed of Ooh, paranormal activity? Oh, well, Mantino. Um, State Hospital out here in Mantino, Illinois. And I don't know if I, you can't go in there. I, I did go investigate there and I had permission. Um, otherwise, it's an abandoned building. It is owned by somebody um, and you're not supposed to, you know, trespass and all of that. Um, and there have been talks of it being torn down. I don't think it's been torn down yet, um, and, but from what I understand, it could happen any day now. Uh, that place is outrageous with paranormal activity. It's scary. Um, it was the the one time, the one inv- the one place that I've ever been at where I was pushed, like seriously pushed to the point where I almost fell on my ass. Um, and that scared me to death. That Wow. Was it at Mantino? It could it Mantino State Hospital and I was in the basement. It was me and three other guys. We were taking there were a bunch of us there, but we were all sort of taking turns. So everybody was outside. The four of us went down in the basement. One of the people that we were with is very sensitive and um, immediately sensed a really evil, bad man around. And there's, there are stories that there's this very evil spirit in the basement who hates women. Oh, so we get down there. He's sensing this very bad male spirit. We're just standing there. We're just talking. He said something like, oh, he says something like, can you come over and touch one of us if you're here. I said, uh, no. I said, don't touch me. I said, you can touch one of them. And I was kind of pissed that he said that. You know what I mean? So I'm like, wait a second. You know, don't invite them to, like, touch me. I mean, if you want to be touched, you go right ahead. But so I said, no, 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 don't touch me. You go ahead and touch one of the boys. Then we went on. We kept asking more questions, and it wasn't immediately. It was a good, oh, I don't know, 45 seconds, a minute later. And the next thing I know is I feel it, like, at the top of my, in the back, sort of at the base of my butt and the top of my thigh. Like, I felt a hand, like, grab and then push me. And... I caught it all on film. I mean, I have it there on my channel somewhere deep in the archives because that was years ago. Um, but, yeah, I, I I flipped out. That was really, really scary. And I only stayed down there for a couple more minutes after it happened because the guy that was with us who was really mm-hmm. sensitive just looked at me and he's like, you know what, I got to get you out of here. He goes, because the yeah. images I'm getting in my head are really bad. And I got to get you out of here right now. So that was it. I, I was out of that basement yeah. and and shaken up real good. 
that was the first time that ever anything has ever gotten that physical with me. Yes. It says the Mantino State Hospital was a psychiatric hospital located in Mantino Township in Kankakee, Illinois, and it was authorized in 1927, and the first patients went in in 1930, and it peaked in the 50s at the the population, 8,195. Just imagine those poor, miserable souls. But actually, it was closed December 31st, 1985. And so I'm reading down farther. Uh-huh. It says, it, it's uh, in 86, they made it a veteran's home. And some of the buildings are abandoned. And uh, some are renovated for other uses, like in, even in 2009. And it says now it's, it's being redeveloped as a VA home, industrial park, and a golf course. And the state cemetery is still to the east side. And then, then look here what it's saying. It says it's a... Uh, the grounds are now the home of numerous housing developments, including a residential treatment center for males and female adolescents, 12 to 21. Yes, there is all this like, housing. Yeah, there's all this housing around the building, yeah. Uh, and some Scary. of the buildings are are rehabbed, and they're, like, in use. This particular one is not. Um, and it is – you cannot – you. You walk in there immediately, and I mean instantly, you will hear voices coming from all over the place. You will hear conversations. It's crazy. It's nonstop in there. It's just a nonstop, like, circus. It's really intense, really intense place. Yeah, that, um, that place is... So how do you protect yourself when you go in there? Um, well, I, I do the, I do a lot of that now, and maybe that was my problem with Mancino because this was so many years ago, and I know that we did a prayer and all of this before we went in, but, I, I mean, I now, um, and what I have been doing for, for several years now is before I leave the house, I meditate for a little while. And then I pray, and I pray for protection, and I surround myself with the white light of protection, all of that. But the other thing that I really like to do, it's it's what I it's just what I like to do, and and that is to call out my spirit guides, um, to help me on the investigation, to help lead me to the places I should go, to help me get you know, the best evidence I can I can get. Um, I ask them to help bring out the spirits in that property to help them come forward to speak to me. Um, so besides protection, I do ask for a lot of guidance and help on the investigation. When I get there, before I go in, I, I sort of do a shorter version of that, um, usually in the car before I even get out of the car. Um, and really ever since I really started that kind of regiment, um, I, everything's been good. I've never had an issue like I did in Mantino. Um, but I've never had an issue of any kind at all. And then of course, when I leave, um, I always do another prayer and then I always say something like, you know, if there are any spirits that are, you know, around me right now, you are not allowed to follow me home. In the name of Jesus Christ, you must stay here. God compels you to stay here. You are not allowed 
to follow me home in the name of Jesus Christ. And I keep, I'll, like, repeat it while I'm walking to the car, like, you know, just sort of shaking it all off from the night. You know what I mean? Right. Sort of like from the door to the car, I'm sort of shaking it all off. Um, but yeah, so I do that when I leave and, um, I've been good. I've had no issues. Knock on wood. Okay. So you have but your camera and recorders and do you say this is proof of ghosts? What is proof of uh, ghosts? The films you're getting and the EVPs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, they are. I mean, I get, you know, everyone has their own opinion about this and no one knows for sure anything so anyone that says oh no you know spirit can only go this way or go that way or do this or do that or you know nobody knows for sure right so but for me and as far as my videos and my clips, you know, having been there, done the investigation, gone through, done the review, yeah, to me, I feel that this is a spirit that is responding or saying something. Or in in a lot of my clips, some of them aren't EVPs. Some are things that are captured um, on camera. Um, one of the best pieces of equipment that have come out, well, it's been out for a little while now, by Bill Chapel called the SLS camera. Um, I, I have a video that was done recently. I was with um, David Scott. Is that Scott the one with the writing John... on the film? Is that the one with the writing on the film? Or the one like where they, where I'm filming another camera and the camera, like, it's sort of a connect kind of a thing where you could see the the figure, like a stick figure. It's okay. This camera is a, is a cam is a camera that was made by Bill Chapel. And what it does is, is when you are pointing the camera at someone, um, it's got a big screen on it. It's almost sort of like an iPad with a camera attached to it kind of a thing, looking thing. Um, when you see the image, the image is um, all in color, sort of all the heat signatures. And it works in the same way as um, the Connect does. When you're using that, the We Connect, when you're using it, um, it, it, it recognizes you as a stick figure. I don't know if you've hmm. ever used it or. I don't think I've so ever seen basically that. Basically, this. Yeah, I have a video called what? What is it called? Oh, ghost caught on camera at evil intentions. Um, evil intentions is um, a haunted attraction, so to speak, that they do during Halloween. But it's in this building in this old sort of warehouse. It used to be a place that they made caskets. And supposedly it's very haunted, and it and it really is. So anyway, I was there with John Stevens and David Scott with IPRA and um, Chris Fleming, and we had Bill's camera, and it was we were pointing it at Chris Fleming, and he was um, conducting like an EVP session, 
and he says something like, you know, can you come over here by me or whatever, and you can see it. You'll uh, watch the video. You can see it. It's an awesome, awesome clip. You see Is this that the one that figure. does look like there's some movement in actually the air, too, itself? I think I saw that. Where where you see, like, the stick figure, yes. and, then, and then Dave says something like, oh, can you move or something, and then it kind of jumps off? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, is this this yeah, goes along with the, the new uh, digital uh, EV, 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 I'm sorry, EVP, uh, the digital. What do you think about that, that's actually recording the words and saying the words back immediately? Yeah, you know what? I have not used it yet, so I don't know. And the thing is, too, now uh, talking about, like, you know, devices when you're recording, one thing right. that I noticed, because I had been using my audio recorder um, for so long, and then I switched to the video camera and realized I'm capturing all the EVPs on video, so I was able to take the audio from the video and clean that up. And so now I strictly only use video. I don't use an audio recorder anymore. But I realized what a huge difference the audio recorder sound compared to the video recorder sound. Sound on a video recorder, the audio off the video is much cleaner sounding than the than the digital recorder. Um, what we call in film, what we call ambiance n- noise or ambiance sound. So when we would shoot something, we would shoot a scene, and let's say two actors are talking, and they do their scene, and we're done shooting their scene, right? After we're done yeah. shooting their scene, the sound guy will say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm recording ambiance now. Everyone be quiet. So he would just turn on the recorder and just basically record just the silence in the room um, in case he needed it for cuts within that scene because you can't use ambiance noise of a different room in a different building and a different floor because ambiance noise everywhere you go, depending if there's a fan on, the heat's on, the air conditioning is on. It's different. So after we would shoot a scene, we would always record some ambiance sound. So on the audio record, the digital recorder, to me, the ambiance noise is a lot louder than it is on the video. So I found it think? easier. Huh? Why do you think that's true? Is, is it because it's in context to the area where they're speaking? I don't know if it's just a digital recorder, audio recorder thing. I don't know. I don't have the answer for that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I found, like, wow, the, the ambiance noise is so much quieter on the video than it is on the audio. On the audio. And I found it easier to clean up the EVPs from the audio from the video than I was able to do from the um, digital recorder. Yes. So. From, uh, it, maybe it's the way that uh, that certain electronics works and it 
It's kind of making yeah, it clear. Yeah, I think that's it. Was a great it, discovery. It somehow, yeah. yeah, somehow the digital recorder is just sort of noisier or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's just that that ambiance sound is just way louder on the on the audio recording and when you have that ambiance noise that is louder than your EVP which EVPs tend to come in, you know, pretty quiet. You now they're always whispering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um then you got a problem. You know what I mean because you're not going to be able to really get that EVP to pop when when the bass noise is so loud. Um, it's just easier to clean up. It's easier to clean the the audio off the off the video, which is very easy to do. By the way, um, people um, think that it's difficult, and it is so not difficult. Real, super easy to do. Interesting. Well, it's it's great yeah. because you know you're the person for this job because you're you're doing all the. Uh, You've been, you know, going to school for the technical and you've been in practice for quite a while. So, you know, you really need people that know what they're doing out there doing this because it's important work. I mean, if we're discovering the moon landing and now trying to find uh, things on Mars, I mean, we need to find out what's in our own rooms. You know, I've always right. felt that it, way. It, we need more of the sophistications down here. Yeah. And I want to ask true. you a question. I wanted to ask you a question now. I was, I don't know if you watched it today, but I, I watched Nancy Reagan's uh, funeral. And oh, I, I didn't really see any of it. How was it? It was, it was uh, rest in peace, Nancy Reagan, and sorry to the family, by the way. But anyway, uh, it was very nice, and she had planned it all. She planned the guests, the music, and everything. And but there was one son was saying that Nancy was saying after. Uh, she calls him Ronnie, Ronnie Reagan died, that uh, he would come into the room quietly after midnight and sit on her bed. And so she was sort of communing. This is what the son's saying. He was, she was kind of communing with uh, President Reagan, and he kept coming in the room. She said, uh, after uh, it faded away, and uh, then she, he, she, he said, this is, this is what I found it strange that, they're even talking about this at the funeral. That not only after he faded away, she said he she had to make a very difficult phone call one time, and whoever was on the other end of the phone was giving her a problem. And she, her son, you know, Ron, Ron was standing there, and he said he he observed his mother turn into his father and demand and straightened out whatever was on the phone, and then son said, wow. said something very un. I know then said something very uncharacteristic of. Nancy, like that will take care of that, or something like that, something like her father would say. And uh, I thought this is uh, nobody bad an eye except for me. Right? Did no one like do a double take when? Yeah, I'm saying no. Everybody was quiet. (laughs) Nobody's mentioned it but me. And now I'm putting it on the air. But I found it quite stunning. And also, they even brought up. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh well, I knew that Nancy was really into like psychics, and yes, she, she was. was really she was into the paranormal. I'm telling you, back in the day, I bet she would have come on an investigation. <laughs> she was she that was. type of lady. 
Yeah, she was tough, and uh, my husband had done some, my strange husband had done some plumbing work for her, and uh, uh-huh. they she she sent home gifts for me. So I've always respected Nancy Reagan, you know, and uh, you know it's a you know that whole old guard is passing on, but just to hear that uh, Reagan's ghost was there, and they and then Ronnie said, I mean Ron, the son Ron said he wouldn't be surprised right. if she started haunting the library, the Reagan Library. I was like, what the hell are they talking about? What like, the hell? Really is not, I, I, know, all of I would never I would never imagine this at a conservative like that funeral. I would not imagine this thing. Right. So, wow. So I heard it with my own ears. I know. Oh my gosh. Wow, <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. I love so, that. <laughs> yeah, and I think he was kind of trying to put the threat the threat of uh, fear of God in them because, you know, he said, you know, people uh, in life, if people really disturbed her, she would whack them. She'd like hit them, you know, and tell them to snap out of it or whatever. But anyway, right. he said he thinks she'll still be doing that to some people. So I don't know oh, if that yeah, was like I a threat. Or... <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I anyway, don't know. Maybe she can go up to Donald Trump and like sack him in the head. That was there off his head. Oh, no, we shouldn't be talking about Maybe that. Maybe push anyway. him off a cliff or something. I don't know, Nancy. Gee. Do something. I know. Uh, well, we know the, oh. the we know the White House is definitely haunted, and oh yeah, to oh that boy, would I love to go to this, there. Oh, I was going to ask you what are your favorite spots, but I was thinking of how the longevity of a ghost, and uh, especially when Ron Reagan said that, I was thinking oh, that means he was there for a few months, haunting Nancy before he moved on, right. I guess. And then I was thinking, but, but yeah. how can Lincoln? Lincoln's ghost still in the White House, still, you know, and that's been. Uh, I just, you know, I just think they can come and go, is my opinion. But who knows? We don't know. But I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Ron, Ronnie. I bet he mm-hmm. comes and goes whenever he feels like it. Lincoln probably comes and goes whenever he feels like it. At least I hope it's like that. You know, I don't know for yeah. sure. Like I said, nobody really knows, but. That's what I hope it is. I mean, I hope that no one's stuck there or anything like that. Okay. You know, so I, I hope they've moved on and they just pop in and visit. I think I hope it's pleasant, whatever it is. You know what I mean? I hope it's not like stuck in purgatory or something. So uh, yeah. there's an, there's, I have another question for you. So, yes. you know, our scientists have talked about the interne- interdimensional you know, being uh, there's there's a lot of other dimensions. You know, right. Past twelve now, when we have been operating three all our lives, you know, we have to make this adjustment for I guess four and five and six, whatever. But do you feel that this uh, is could be an interdimensional thing? Because I feel like this. Yes, a, I do. A, I totally. Fi- I absolutely believe that. I yeah, I do. And there was. I was at Ashmore Estates, and I had gotten an EVP of a woman saying something about, I asked a question, did I say, where are you, or are you here with us now, or something like that, and she said something, and I'd have to look at the video to, to get it exact, but she said something like about being on another dimension. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because so I, I have seen some pretty odd things, but what I've seen along with it, though, is other odd 
atmospheric thing. So I'm like thinking, okay, what the heck is this? You know, trying to figure out really what I'm looking at because we may just because of denial may be missing a lot. And then once in a while, if we're in a certain state, we're able to see ghosts. So well, like, not what be, are you talking about? Well, the soul goes on like, to another dimension. Huh? What? What are you talking about as far as like what you've seen? Are you talking about like figures or um, or um, well, shadows or okay. or mists or? Are you sure you, sure you really want to ask me that? <laughs> uh, I, well, now okay. I do for sure. I now know. that you said that, I've seen like, a lot oh, yeah. of weird things. Okay. So that I don't have an explanation for. So I'm going to tell you right. two of my top uh, weird experiences. So okay. one time I was going to, uh, oh, everybody was there. Uh, it was uh, up in Burbank. Oh, Steve Bassett, Dr. Lair, uh, everybody in the UFO world was going up there. And I was going to be okay. doing a four-hour four hour interview, you know, show. And I had them all on there. Ended up with oh, eight interviews, and it went well. We got buzzed by military helicopters. It was all on tape and everything. Amazing. But I wanted to stop for Starbucks before I went over there. So I went into the Starbucks. I opened the door to the bathroom, and I look in, and it's like a mirror, mirrored disco ball thing. And I was looking at like, okay. what the hell? Like I was looking at the mirrors. It was four all all walls had mirrors on it. I looked at it, and I went, that is very strange to put all this in one closet, because I could see a sink there, but nothing else. Right. I started to turn around and walk out, and I went, wait a minute. And I turned around, and I actually, I don't know, because I was on, my mood was very uh, zen because of what I was going to be doing, you know, interviewing all those people, and how long it was going to be. But anyway, I, I folded my arms, went back in. I I never I opened the door, but I shut it again. Turned around, and I folded uh-huh. my arms. And I said, and I said, show me. Out loud. Uh huh. And pretty soon, on the right side of the wall, that was solid mirrors, like you would put mirror tiles or something. You know what I mean? It was odd. Right, right. I, 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 so yeah, little I, by I, little. So imagine this. Little by little, it you it began to change like almost like a two-way mirror looking thing effect and then i watched wow. it turn into nothing the mirror disappeared and there was the rest oh. you know what the toilets in starbucks look like they always look the same you know the yeah, shelves over on the same. right the toilets over there right right anyway it all exactly. came back i said and i said thank you and then you know went <laughs> right <laughs> went on okay, your so way to me i went on my way but that's to me I don't know if I've hit another level of extreme acceptance of the strange or what. Right. Okay, so this is well, number two. Yeah, now, what's this your is, other I'm awake. Story? I'm not sleeping. I'm not sleeping. Okay. I'm awake. And I'm up. Okay. And actually, Starbucks and all that. This is another case. So I am, I was sleeping on my left side facing the hallway in my house. And uh, yeah. I, looked up, I looked at my dog because she was sitting erect at the end of the bed near my feet and looking down the hallway. And I looked at her and she looked panicked. Her eyes were big, big saucers, you know, big saucers. Yeah. So I followed her gaze and standing, I'm going to tell you something, so deranged, you know, people are just going to think I'm totally nuts. But anyway, I saw in the hallway a big, black, monstrously huge wolf. 
Well, oh, oh my God! I'm swearing to God in a stack of Bibles. I swear to God, it was so. He looked at me, knowing now I'm awake, right? I, right. I gathered that he, a he, because he had huge shoulders, long black man. I mean, it was a huge wolf. He looked at me and then looked at her and, and looked with a look like you woke her up. I swear to God. Oh, my god! And I, I didn't know what to do because since he took up the whole hallway, what do, what do we always do? I grabbed my dog, and I put the blankets over both of us, and we just slept for two more hours. I put the blanket over her head and over me because I thought, okay, if it's going to kill me, at least I don't have to look at it. Right. And then we <laughs> fell asleep for two hours. So Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, 30 days later, I had a guest on here, and she does the the uh, Weird West content and all that, and she's into cryptozoology. And uh, I had her on, and we were talking, and I said, I'm going to ask you an off-the-wall question, because I have to, you know, find out and check against all you guys to see if I'm nuts or not. And I told right. her about what happened, and she said, yeah. I'm not surprised. I went, what do you mean you're not surprised? She says, people have been saying out of the blue – that they think they're kind of, kind of time traveling because of the way they look around the house where they're there, that they're visioning yeah. people standing outside their window, they're in the kitchen, when they walk in the kitchen, they see this big wolf there. You know what I mean? It's, they said they yeah. described it just like you do. I said, was it, I said, are they describing extraordinary intelligence? But she said, yes. That's one of the indicators. So it's not like a mm. weird wolf. It's like a huge, smart wolf. Anyway, wow. that's so I would think that... I've never seen that any like animal. I have seen it a couple of times. Like one of my guardian angels is like a black lab with golden eyes. I've seen animal spirits. Oh, really? Oh, there for a reason. Black yeah, lab. there for a reason. Interesting. Yeah, I was sitting on my bed in between me and my then husband. And uh, it was there to protect me. And, that's, and it, it told me that just by looking at me, but... I've had some odd stuff, and 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 dreaming is really way odd. But um, that's I I'm trying to explain it that maybe they that they slip in and out of consciousness. Oh, not that consciousness. Could be. Excuse me, of a reality, the, the parallel thing, like the parallel universe. Oh, so you're saying it's sort of like there's a moment where it overlaps. Yes. Or like the the. Two dimensions sort of overlap yeah. for a moment, but they're but they're they're aware of it. That's the thing. Yeah, some of them are. I don't know if all of them are. Well, the yeah, consciousness some of them are freaks me out. Yeah. Yeah, that would freak me out too. Right. Oh yeah, that anyway, would freak me out. Okay. So I was thinking about somebody else. Uh, do you have any idea how long a ghost lasts on this earth? Oh, my God. I, you know, do I have it? No, I I have no, I mean, I to me, I, most of the time with most, with spirit, like let's say someone that we know, a friend, a family member, or whatever. I I just think that you know, for most of us, we die, we move on, and we come back whenever we want to visit our loved ones, to visit our friends, to try to get a message across, or maybe we hang out for a while in a certain place that either brought us much joy or brought us much pain. 
And for whatever reason, we feel, you know, that that's where we need to be. But how long? Hmm. I, you know, I, I don't know. How long is a piece of string? I don't know. True. I mean, who can say, you know? Okay, somebody uh, in our audience, and she's asking, could you tell us more about the spirit box? Okay, the spirit box um, is, I mean, for, you know, and I'm going to talk about just the basic spirit box. It's basically a radio that is scanning through the channels at a, well, and you can set the speed. I generally like it um, to go faster than slower. So it's basically jumping from channel to channel to channel to channel to channel, channel, and it's just when you hear that that is skipping from one to the next, and 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 it goes fast. And supposedly, spirits that might be in the room. Um, in the area with you, when you use this box, supposedly it is easy for spirits to somehow manipulate that ele- electric energy and speak through it. Um, and I have found actually using the box fascinating. I mean, I, you know, there are a lot of people who say, well, you know, it's just the radio um, saying something, it's, you know, and, and certain sessions, you know, every session is different. There are certain sessions where you will catch the radio. But once yeah. you do this for a while and you're used to doing reviews and you're used to doing listening to things again and again and again from investigation to investigation, you, you, you know, you're, 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 you train your ear and you can, um, you can tell what's just a radio noise and what's not a radio noise. Um, Especially when I turn on the box and I'm being called bitch, slut, cunt. I mean, that's not coming from the radio. It's not like, you know, a DJ on some station that we just happen to catch a split second of, you know, saying bitch. That's, you know... Mm -hmm. Well, it's definitely a negative either entity or some kind yeah, of and, spirit and, and you or can, something. Yeah, and you can tell when you get that box going. You can tell what's, you know, you can tell when you hear a voice coming through, you know it's a voice coming through. And there are plenty of times that I've gone to locations, we turn on the box and we sit there and we ask questions and, and we get nothing, nothing, nothing. It's just the box endlessly and then wow. you know sometimes you don't get anything um and i just another thing the, the lady i was telling you about was linda godfrey you know she's into cryptozoology i don't know if you know her yeah but she's uh, yeah yeah it's her. she's the one who told me it was real that she had many reports of this wolf just showing up out of the blue and looking looking shocked itself, really. Kind of a little investigation going on here. So who knows what it is? She said it was real. And they they look like what I just told you. Bigger, you know, blacker wolves. Right. I don't, right. I don't know. I, I wasn't supposed to see it, but anyway. Okay, so... Yeah. Uh, so while you're doing this, these uh, things and, and you have formed your belief system... 
Um, do you, what do you think about the afterlife? That uh, some do stick around for a purpose. Um, I think some spirits do stick around for a purpose um, because maybe there's someone here that they need to help um, with some sort of guidance. Um, you know, I'm I'm just one of those people, and this is just what I believe, and everyone has a different opinion. I mean. I believe that we do write our script before we get here. I believe that we write out our script. This is what's going to happen to us. And we have different things that we write in our script to happen to us in order for us to grow in some way, in order for us to learn, in order for us to sort of become higher spiritual beings. Um, and, and I, 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 yeah, and I think that we write all this out and then we come here and then we start living that life. And I think sometimes we write the script on the other side thinking, ah, no problem. This is, you know, I'll <laughs> handle it. I'll be able to handle it. You know, this, you well, know, I know these are some hard things I'm writing in here, but I need to do this in order to, you know, um, gain a, a higher spiritual growth or level or whatever of understanding and then you actually get here and you start living it and it's not that easy and it's not I mean yeah I think sometimes we write things that are almost a little too difficult for us to handle I think on the other side we think we're going to handle them and then we get here and it turns out to be really really harder than we thought um, I think that when we die, I think that there are people waiting there for us to help us cross over. I think our loved ones are there. I've had relatives that would in the hospital dying, you know, basically at their last breath, and you know, and they and they have this moment of clarity where all of a sudden they're talking about, you know, all the people in the room. I remember my uncle when he was dying; he was yelling at my father to close the door in the in the hospital room he said close the door close the door they they keep coming in they keep coming in and i'm not ready to wow. go yeah and my said? dad's like what huh wow yeah so I, and and i and i think we we you know we cross over and we go back home i think is where we go this is yeah. just the place that we're at to learn what we have to learn in order for us to gain some higher spiritual understanding. Um, yeah. But I think we go home. And I think once we cross over, it's sort of like a, ah, oh, okay. I remember this place. Oh, thank God I'm back home. You know? Yeah. yeah we agree at least with I you. hope it's like that. Yeah. Are the uh, I, does, would a ghost be able to hurt somebody physically? I I believe they can. I I really do. I mean, from all the experiences that so many um, good, um, rational, healthy-minded people have had, you know, so many people have had so many experiences being scratched and and you know I mean I had my own experience in the basement of of uh, Mantino 
Um, yeah, so I think, yes, right. they can get physical. How does that all work, and how does how are some physical and others not? You know, I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't know how that happens because, you know, you would think that, well, if some are, why can't all of them? Or or can all of them be physical, but they choose not to? I mean, I don't know. Maybe there are rules and laws, you know, sort of on the other side. You know, just like we have sort of rules of investigating about how you should conduct yourself, how you should speak to spirit and, and whatnot. And, and some people will say, you know, um, you know, some people will, will make comments about, well, you know, you shouldn't be investigating there because, you know, the spirits are there and they belong there and, and, and you should leave them alone. Um, at the same time, I think, well, okay, but what about those people in homes that are, that are being terrorized and haunted? You know, like I wonder, are there spirits on the other side telling those spirits, stop it, leave them alone. Hmm. This is their home. Get away. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Know, show you some respect. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Have you ever heard of ghosts being helpful to those that are real? Like something. Uh, have I some ever heard of ghosts help. being what? Helpful to the living. Oh my gosh! I oh I I yeah I've heard lots of stories like that. I I haven't really experienced that knowingly. Like I I've never really experienced that, but I know lots of people that have had ghosts help them. You know, um, save them from like you know falling or something. You know, uh, hitting them or. Yeah, there are all sorts of stories like that, and I totally believe that that is absolutely possible. But then I wonder, those spirits that are helping that person, are they really just a ghost type of spirit that just happened to be there? Or, or is yeah. it more of a spirit guide that is helping? Hmm. I wonder. Now we I have another know. question. Uh, uh do the aggressive energies contact more frequently than others? Does what contact more frequently? Do, do you find the aggressive energies uh, seem to be present themselves yeah. more? Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You go into, the lo- into a location where they're, you know, it's haunted and there are stories about several spirits in the building. Um, and there's always, you know, one or two really bad ones. Yeah, there's the... I don't know what it is about the anger, the hatred. Does that give them strength? Or is it the hatred and the anger that makes them want to communicate with you and and screw around with you? Where the Hmm. other ones who are not angry, they're not whatever, they're just there for whatever reason, and they just don't care that you're there. You know, like they've got, they're just like, eh. They walked in the room, you know what, I'm going to go upstairs. I really don't want to talk to these people. i got nothing to say. Um, because they're just more mellow. You know, the ones that are angry and fearful and hateful. And, you know, you walk into their space, and they tend to want to get in your face a little bit. 
because they want you out. At least that's my impression. Is that true? I don't know, but my impression is is they are definitely the strongest when you go into a location. If there's a bad one, chances are you're going to meet up with him or her. Yeah. So you mentioned the Ashmore Estates. Um, uh, Can you tell us more about that facility and what you've found there? Okay. Ashmore Estates is fascinating. Um, They've done a lot of work on it at Ashmore now. They've really cleaned it up, and they've done a lot of rehabbing and really really made the the building um, much more welcoming, I guess. Um, there was a, there's a room in Ashmore Estates, uh, that was Mary's room. Um, supposedly she was a nurse, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong about that, but I believe she was a nurse. And like everybody knew, like the story was that this area, this room was hers. There was a window that had no glass in it. Um, lots of investigators have investigated Ashmore States. Many, many groups have gone through there. And many times they would cover the window with something, keep the light out. Um, For whatever reason, they'd cover the window. And Mary, allegedly, doesn't like to have the window covered, and she will remove whatever's in front of the window. So that's the story. And I've been to Ashmore States, oh, God, two or three times. The one time I went there, I was doing a, I went with David Scott and John Stevens with IPRA, and we were doing this episode for the Mundo Fox Network, which is a a Spanish network. And they wanted to shoot an episode in Ashmore. So while they were, we went there during the day, we met the owners at that time, and we were hanging out, we were talking to them, and the crew was basically going around the building just shooting, um, you know, different shots of the exterior of the building. I decided since there was nothing going on, you know, they were just sort of shooting all their outtakes and whatever. I thought, you know what, I'm going to go upstairs in Mary's room. There was a big, heavy board. I mean, a heavy, solid board. I could not lift the board. I had one of the guys from the network come with me to pick up the board, put it in front of the window and lean it back against the window. So now here's this big, heavy board leaning back against this window. I left, I put my camera in the corner and I left the camera running. I closed the door and I just let the camera run and just let the board and sit there and let's just see what happens. So I go outside and we're talking, we're all doing stuff, whatever. Some time had passed, <clears throat> I think almost an hour or something like that. Anyway, I decided I, I'm going to, you know, we were getting ready to leave to go get something to eat, and then we're going to come back later to investigate. So I, I said, okay, I'm going to go upstairs, get my camera. So one of the guys from the network, the one who helped me with the board, he came up with me. I opened the door, <clears throat> and I have a clip of that on on my channel also. I opened the door. Um, and him and I were, like, talking, and he was asking me, like, oh, do you think you got something? And I said, oh, I don't know. You know, I have to start. Once I see, you know, once I do the review or whatever I said, and I pick up the camera, and, of course, it's aimed at the window at the board, and I said something like, okay, 
Um, you know, we'll see you later. Right after I said that, that board went just flipping. I mean, it just flew right off. And I mean, like, like flew. I mean, it like it broke when you see it in slow motion. It slammed down onto the ground and like literally broke right before our eyes. There was no wind, no nothing. It was a beautiful day, but it was a still. It was very, and I mean, in the kind of wind you would have needed to push this board that's leaning back now against the window to actually get it to force it forward and have it flip over like so hard um that was just wow i mean you know and it's you know it really sort of confirmed all these stories that i would hear about mary's window and mary's window and don't put anything in front of the window and something's going to happen and don't put anything and here it was and it happened right there right before my eyes and i got it on video like, oh, my God. Like, wow, I guess these people are, you know, I guess everyone's got, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe Mary I doesn't like her window right. covered. <laughs> and so uh, they're, have, they're having that? a tour coming up in August. I think it's uh, August uh, 19th. So they do have a website, yeah. net, And go over there and they have uh you got to pay like 50 bucks some of the, some of the people travel, taking the groups out there. But go ahead and go over there to that site if you want to hear more uh, uh, information on this ghost tour in Ashmore Estates. And the actual uh, Ghost Hunters International will be going there too. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting that you live near there and you can actually uh, go and visit these kind of things. Yeah, Ashmore is fantastic. And when we went there... We had gone a few weeks after the guys from Ghost Adventures went. And when we were downstairs in the boiler room, which supposedly that's where there's um, um, like a little troll spirit, something really bad, like troll down there is the story. So we were down there and we turned on the box while we were down there. And... Hmm. And oh, I, I, now I have to remember exactly how it went. I said something like um, something. I brought up the Ghost Adventure guys, and I said, "Oh, do you remember when they were here? And do you know what their names are?" And you hear out of the box saying, "Nick." It said like Nick, Aaron, Zach. Wow. And then and then it goes on to say, I think I asked a, some other question, but it actually said something like, I hate Zach Bagans. Oh, no. Right out of the box. And I told Zach when I saw I saw yeah, him like Zach months later. And, what did he no, say? No, he didn't. He was like, really? I'm not Jake. surprised. <laughs> yeah. you know, I was like, I'm not well, surprised. Well, I think I saw that one. He's usually very kind to ghosts, but if they're not doing anything, he'll make them do something. He likes to aggravate them. So yeah, he used, uh, he's mellowed out over the years. He used to be a real hard-ass when he started with the yeah. ghost adventures. I mean, he was very much an instigator and very, you know, aggressive, that aggressive tone. But I think he got his butt kicked a few times over the years yeah. from spirit. I mean, he's had some issues 
He's had attachments. Oh, yeah, he's had some serious issues, some serious problems. Bishop James Long, he's helped him out a few times um, with some of the issues. And so over the years, I've noticed a big change in, in the way he investigates. Now he's much kinder and gentler. Uh, than he right. needs to be. I think he, he, he learned that, you know, he might need to take it down a notch. And I think he's maturing spiritually, too, because I could tell. Oh, absolutely. I believe yeah, that, Yeah, there's some too. kind of calmness. Yeah, I believe it's the Right. Just, there is. how we're all changing. Definitely. And I think all of us are going through something to mature us, you know. And, uh, okay, there's another question. There's another question here. It says, uh, okay. do you ever try to release energies from this plane? Like going towards the light thing? Um, I personally don't do that, but Sonny, who I investigate a lot with, he's psychic, um, I, I, she will do that kind of thing, and I will support her. I sort of, you know, she sort of leads that, and I just uh, sort of follow, and whatever she says, if, you know, with, like if she starts, saying, you know, you've got to uh, move towards the light. I might repeat that, you know, yes, please, you know, do what Sonny says, move, go towards the light or whatever. But I, that is not my thing. Um, that is Sonny's thing. Um, so yeah. because most of my investigations I do with Sonny, um, and that's her department. Um, and, yes, we have on occasion done that but not everywhere we go or anything like that. Um, just on occasion. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think that I think it that usually comes uh, from people that are called to investigate a private home, and they want that. Yeah, usually. To, release and to move yeah, on. Yeah, usually it's a it's a private home. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Um, because yeah. Yeah, normally, you know, you're not going to go into Ashmore Estates and, like, Sonny won't do something like that there. But, yeah, usually in homes or, I don't know, like, done them in other places that weren't even homes, but when there was something just really sad, not so much nasty bad, but, like, something sad that, you know... Sonny just felt really compelled, like, I really need to do something here for this one particular sad soul spirit that, that's communicating with me right now. So on occasion, but it's 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 rare. Usually that is something that you would do in someone's home. But, yeah, but that is so not my department. Right. Well, I think you you um, know that um, you like investigating and you like a certain part of it, right? I, 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 I'm, I, I've, I'm confident in a certain part of it. You know, that's where my confidence is and my focus and my passion is. And you know, we all bring different gifts to the table when we investigate together. You know, be it someone is the psychic, or then you have others that are very sensitive. And then you have others that have kick-ass equipment and really fun toys to play with when, you know, on an investigation. You have others that are really great speakers and ask really awesome questions. Um, You know what I mean? Everyone sort Mm -hmm. of brings something to the table. 
when we when we investigate. Um, another thing that I would like to talk about too, as far as investigating yeah. and uh, uh, taking photographs, taking video. One issue that I have um, in 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 this field is is the the whole it's a bug it's dust um what i have done over the years and i suggest anyone out there who is, who works with a video camera when they're investigating is to record bugs like on purpose like if you're somewhere and you see a bug flying around turn on your camera and record it once you do that and then you then you upload it on your computer and then you're looking at it go frame by frame by frame and really study what does the bug look like on video with IR light what look like because not everything is a bug and and I'll tell you certain bugs are easier to label than others. Of course, something like a moth, that is the easiest, easiest thing ever to identify a moth on camera because they're so big. They're such big bugs. Um, yeah. But but I think so many people in this field will look at something, people that have never taken video at all, that have never studied anything on film, just, you know, and they'll just go, oh, yeah, it's dust. It's a bug. Really? I, and also dust, that's another thing. And I remember the guy, uh, Zach and his crew years ago did this little study about dust on a video camera. And photography is very different from video as far as how things look on video versus how things look in still photography. Dust on video looks like dust. I mean, it's okay. if it's caught, if you capture dust, you know how hard it is to capture dust on film and get it to 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 catch it in your IR light. When you catch dust in your IR light, if they're little pinpoints of light, little tiny pinpoints that last for a fraction of a second. And they're always low to the ground. They're never, I've never seen dust come out of a wall and cross, you know, a 20-foot room. A speck of dust, you cannot, dust is flowing around us constantly. I can turn on my video, and I'm not getting any dust on film necessarily, but it's around us constantly. Um. In Mantino, Mantino is a great place because that's where I did like my dust experiment because there's so much dirt and dust on the floor. The floors aren't clean. It's really like lots of dirt everywhere. I had my friend Linda who was standing there. I'm like, kick it up, kick up the, just kick up the dust for me while I shoot this. So I can like really study this and see what does dust really look like on camera? How does it travel? How does it move? How do bugs move? You know, how what do they look like frame by frame when you can see the wings clearly spreading out, coming back in, 
spreading out, coming okay, back yeah. in. And when you do it frame by frame, you can see it. Um, and I just wish that more people out there took the time to really study bugs on film and as silly as that sounds, and dust so they can understand no, because, what is not a bug yeah, and what is not a dust when they see it, you know? Good point, good point, because you're talking about people uh, actually filming orbs that could be right. either dust or uh, other things right. because uh, and, and, you'll know and, the difference because you're saying dust does not change its mind and go somewhere else or it's a millisecond. If you catch dust camera, it will be a little tiny pinpoint of light, and you will get it for a fraction of a second. It doesn't, and dust tends to be low to the ground or right off of a surface. It's rare. To, you know, you're not going to get a big ball of dust flying across a, you know, 20-foot room. Dust does not travel that way. And as far as, like, orbs, this is another thing. Yeah. Um, I did an investigation at the Ringling Brothers Circus Mansion in Baraboo, Wisconsin. Gorgeous place. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, I captured an orb. It's towards the be- it's actually at the beginning of the video. I was um, I I broke away from the group because um, we started out on the tour, and then everybody left from the tour, and then the owner had us investigate after the tour. But we started with the tour so we can kind of get the history of the place and all of that. I break away from the room that they were in. And I go across this wide hallway into the dining room, and I'm just standing there. I'm pointing the camera. I don't know what I said. I think I asked something. I don't know. Uh, You see something come out of the wall and come floating across the room, and it is solid white mass that dances sort of. It sort of twirls and goes it's just the way it moves is so interesting. And I saw it on my camera as I'm shooting it. I'm looking at it going, oh, my God. And I'm like, I, I, my eyes are going up. Like, I'm looking into the room, and I don't see anything. And I'm looking in my camera, right. and I can clearly see it in my camera. Now, let's say someone sees that and they go, oh, yeah, that's dust. First of all, dust is way too small. This thing is like, you know, much, much bigger. But let's just say it's, let's just say it's a speck of dust. In order for dust to travel any significant distance, and we're talking feet, multiple feet, the stream of air that would have to be behind, it would have to be so focused and streamlined like you know to carry it across the room without it just falling off the side and going and falling to the floor do you know what i'm saying yeah. it's like if you blow on something on a feather so throw a you know put a you know throw a feather in front of you and just blow on it it'll travel only so long in your stream of breath right before it just pull it and and falls off to the side. Um, 
so, the, you know, when you capture the movement on video, I think that is so significant and so huge as compared to getting something on a still camera. On a still camera, I did the same thing with bugs, like taking photos of bugs with a still camera. And it's amazing how orb-like they look when you capture a bug on a still camera with a flash. Um, On my friend's farm, he has this little old cemetery from the 1800s that just happens to be on his land. I was there with a couple other people who were investigating, and it was a hot summer night, and it was filled with mosquitoes. I mean, walking around out there, it was like you were just in the thick of it. You were just walking into a wall of mosquitoes. I pulled out my camera, and I started shooting it, shooting, 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 and it looks like hundreds of orbs all around me. And it looks like lots of photos that I have seen people mm-hmm. post or whatever saying, look at all the orbs in this picture. You know, and I did post those photos, and this was years ago, on my Facebook page saying, you know, this is what, you know, a wall of mosquitoes looks like in a still photograph. And I just wish that more and investigators really took time to really study, uh, you know, bugs and dust and things mm-hmm. like that before they just label something as dust when it's clearly not. Is it paranormal? I'm not saying it's paranormal. Maybe there's something else. But at least let's, you know, try to educate ourselves as to what this stuff looks like on film and and in still photos because that's really where the evidence is. When we get paranormal evidence, where are we getting it? Most right. of it is on video or it's on audio or it's in a, it's in a uh, photograph. And I think for us to make an educated opinion regarding any of that, I think a lot of us really need to educate ourselves as to what things really do look like on film um, in our, in, you know, caught in IR light, which is very different than not, than, you know, using a regular or not using any light whatsoever. Um, IR light is, is very different. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, because so often I, you know, people just label things as, oh, that's just dust and kind of bothers me sometimes because it's like, man, you know, you should take the time out to really study that and you'll probably understand, like, not dust. <laughs> you know, yeah. dust is... Well, you just have to investigate and see what it is. You know, that's like you're saying. You have <laughs> yeah, to, you have to figure it out. To right, I'm not... Figure it out. Right, you got to figure it out. And you can't just label, you know, oh, it's dust. Okay, next. You know what I mean? It's yes. Because you might be missing out on something there. You know, if you don't have right. a deep understanding as to what you're really looking at. Um, yeah, I did get I did get pictures of uh, on my. I used my Android to take pictures of my monitor, and uh, I did get a lot of some were you could tell with dust because they really kind of float. They don't really move on their own. 
And then I got no, a lot of things that were like, very yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, even if there was a fan blowing, they'd be flowing like in a circular motion or something like that. We're talking things that slow down, turn around, and go the other direction. They don't float right. in a circle like with wind. Right. They don't. Right. Yeah, it's. I just think it's really important to you know really pay attention to you know how things are you know especially when we get orbs and all of that you know especially on camera and you're seeing it move you really have to study that movement and 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 decide whether you know is it a bug is it you know you got to go frame by frame by frame I mean you have to take the time to really look at it really closely. And there's lots of things that I've captured that I go frame by frame by frame, and I go, oh, there, that's a bug. Okay, next. Yeah. Well, well it makes sense. And uh, you're a researcher, and you have to research it. and Don't discard it. Research it. Then find out what it is and see what it is. So, you know, uh, right. I just think this, this as a researcher, you seem to have a, innate uh, knowledge and uh, kind of a knowing of what's real or what's fake or, you know, I've seen so much fake stuff that it, it gets getting a little boring, you know, like it's the same stupid yeah, thing. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it's, it's, yeah, the fake stuff. I, I haven't really, I mean, I've seen some stuff um, that I, although the stuff that I've seen that I think is fake, um, is it you know produced by people that I know? So then I'm always never really sure. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like yeah, I think this is fake, and sometimes other people have proven it. Whether it's you know some ghost app or whether it's you know fish line tied to the legs of the chair or whatever. You know what I mean? There's all sorts yeah. of stuff that, yeah, that you know people come up with. Um. You know, and I've had, I mean, I've had plenty of people, um, you know, on on my YouTube channel that will post, oh, yeah, that's, those EVPs are fake. It's like, really? Are you kidding me? Because if I was faking these EVPs, God, I'd hope they'd sound better than they do in this video. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and not only well, that, you know, when you... And I also take it, take it personally in the sense that I think like, wow, man, I'm like at this location with, you know, my, all my other investigators, maybe there's six of us, eight of us. It's, you know, in order to fake something like that, especially like EVPs, I mean, if you're going to fake something like that, everyone's got to be in on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to have someone That's around true. the corner whispering some BS. That means yeah. that that other person is involved in your little scheme, you know? So it's, it, I've, all the people that I've ever worked with, except for one, in all these years, there's only been one bad seed. But everyone else that I've ever worked with, everyone is on the up and up. We're all there to investigate. We're all there to, to also enjoy ourselves and enjoy each other's company while we're investigating, but everyone is just really great and really like, you know, not jumping to conclusions, you know, trying to find a rational explanation of why 
this might have happened or that might have happened, and everyone's very thorough, and and they're all just really good, solid people. Um, I've never had any nonsense on any investigation I've ever been on. I've never found anyone doing something they shouldn't be doing or anything like that. Um, like I said, there was only one person um, that I have met in this field that um, is worth, you know, nothing, is just a horrible person. But, um, but so not so bad if one out of, you know, 100 people that I've worked with is a bad seed. So there are a lot of great people in this field that, you know, really take it seriously. At the same time, they, you know, want to have fun and build relationships with and friendships with, you know, other investigators, other like-minded folks. Um, and, you know, for the most part, everyone is just fantastic, you know, and, I, and I've really enjoyed over the years meeting so many great, great people. Yeah, it's fun. So, yeah, the so the fake is thing too. is, Huh? You know, going to the the conferences and meeting all the the people that are actually yeah. your comrades because it seems like everybody has similar stories and yeah. uh, everybody's uh, yeah. bringing something wonderful to the mix. But uh, what is what is your your uh, organization? What that you do the EVP researches for? I um well I I, I was with. Yeah, I, I, I worked as an EVP specialist for IPRA Strong. That's uh, David Scott and John Stevens. Um, uh, David Scott is a filmmaker. Um, they have a YouTube channel that's very popular. And, um, and David does some really fabulous videos. Um, so I do EVPs for them. Um as well as I just, you know, I work with so many different people. I, I, I've i never been the type of person that investigates with the, only this group, and that's all I do. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't investigate with anybody. No, I don't like that. I like I like investigating with different people. Um, you know, I'll have, like, certain core people that are always there all the time, like Sonny is one of them. Um, Laura's another, Laura Redman, Sonny Boland. Um, they're usually regulars. Um, and I do, of course, I do a lot of stuff with, with Dave and John, but but I, I like mixing it up. I think that's I good. I like mixing it up. Get, you, yeah. You might be getting, uh, just because if it's uh, one separate team, you might be getting some things because these people are bringing that similar energy. I could understand wanting fresh eyes and, uh, right, you do. Yeah. Fresh eyes, fresh energy, fresh, you know, because it's something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also investigated by myself, but I've only done one investigation um, by myself, and that was um, uh, an investigation for a friend of a friend um, who they were living in this big, uh, huge house on the lake, um, on Lake Michigan in a town called Evanston, which is a really cool town. Uh, it's the home of Northwestern University. Um, and uh, I did an investigation there during the day. They wanted me there during the day. They didn't want me there at night. They wanted me there when their their son was um, at school. 
because they had a little a little a little kid real 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 young so i went there during the day and did my investigation which i'm one of those people that believes it doesn't matter if you go day or night it's it's all the same if if it's active it's going to be active it does the sun does not need to go down um to investigate a, a place um and that i found really interesting um investigating by myself it's like I liked it, but I didn't like it because I had nobody else there to bounce off what was going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, usually when well, you're with someone, you, you could go, okay, did you? Because it's, huh? it's old building. Well, just for uh, practical reasons, don't go by yourself cause you, so you don't get hurt. If you're in an old building. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, this was a happen. home. It wasn't. Yeah, this yeah, at least okay, was a huh. home in beautiful condition. Yeah, I would never do like a place like Ashmore by myself or anything like that. Hell no. Right. Oh, no, no, no. But this was a, a, a really beautiful home. I was dazed, so it wasn't like I was stumbling around. Um, but it was fascinating. Really, really fascinating. There was this. What were your, yeah, uh, what were your findings? Oh, well, uh, it's definitely in the basement. Um, uh, got several really good EVPs in the basement. Something was going on there. Um, but the biggest thing though, for me that I found fascinating was this beautiful staircase that goes up to the second floor at the landing, the staircase plugged into the wall is a nightlight. And it's not one yeah. of those regular night lights. It's sort of like an industrial night light. It's like a big night light. The woman that was living there at the time, when I got there, um, we started talking. I, I sat down with her and we were just talking. I did a walkthrough and then we started talking about, you know, what's been going on here and, and you know, some of her experiences and and. We looked up at the stairs, and the nightlight is flashing, like just flashing. And I I said to her, and I had, there's a video, there are clips, and I said something to her like, does this ever happen? She's like, no, this never. She goes, that light is on 24-7. It does not flash. No, not ever. Hmm. So I started to communicate as crazy as that would sound, I started to communicate with this, with whatever energy was manipulating that nightlight. And it's fascinating when you see the clip where it would answer my questions and I would make it stop. And I would say, okay, can you stop now, please? Just please stop. And then it would stop. The flashing would stop. And then I'd ask a question. And, and, then, and then as an answer, it starts flashing flashing, flashing. And then it got almost like strobe effect, like it was flashing that quickly and furiously. And then I would say, okay, can you stop at the count of three? Please stop the flashing. One, two, three. Boom. Stop flashing. Like I thought that was the craziest thing. And there were several clips with that. There was a whole, a whole chunk of time that I was with this 
flashing light and sort of making it stop, making it start. And it was like, like we were like communicating through this light. What happened was, though, was after I finished the investigation and I left. Now, I finished the investigation and I and her husband had gotten home at that point. So it's just her and her husband and I'm talking to them. And and he was like, what, what's going on with that light up there? Why is it flashing like that? Because it was flashing the whole time that I'm talking to them. And as I'm getting ready to go and I'm saying, okay, I'm going to go. Um, I'll, I'll let you know what I find out. And... And she was already freaking out just because this light is flashing. She was just beside herself. So I leave. I walk out, close the door behind me, I leave. She calls me later, and she goes, I just want you to know that as soon as you walked out of the house and closed the door behind you, the light stopped flashing, and it went back to just being normal and just staying on and it's not flashed again since you left. And then she wow. said, and by the way, I'm taking my son and we're leaving this house tonight. Oh, yeah. He was gone. I would understand that. I would understand that uh, reaction, really. Uh, it's uh, Yeah, uh, she was she was gone. She was like, that's it. I'm done. So you, okay, so you mentioned the big one is that uh, people have talked about this, is that you have, uh, like, let's, let's see, if there's animal spirits or there's children's spirits, uh, I find that very spooky. Have you heard, like, children? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely children. And and animals. I have a good animal story. But, yeah, yeah. I've gotten children's voices. Even in Ashmore, I've caught a little girl's voice saying something about wanting to play. Yeah, that's that always me. bad. It kind of mortifies yeah, me, really. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to think kinda, of a child haunting. Yeah, it's kind of sad. And, it, you know, mm-hmm. I was at Speedhamsville Rectory in Ohio, mm-hmm. and I was in the basement there, and supposedly, and I was there with the Booth brothers. They were shooting, we were shooting something there, and, well, they were shooting us investigating there, and I don't, and we did that. We did Sedumsville, and we did Fox Hollow Farm in Indiana with the Booth Brothers. But I don't know that they're doing anything with that footage right now. But um, I, but I put together my clips from um, Jury, and there's a clip in the basement. There there was a uh, dog fight ring. Um, that was held, they would have all these dog fights in this basement, okay? And people have said that there were spirits of dogs in the basement. So we're down there, and I've got my camera going, and there's a woman sitting in a chair, and she's about, I don't know, four feet from the wall. And we were talking about the dogs or something like that. And she whistled. Like you would whistle for a dog, and I can't whistle. I wish I could, but but she whistled like she was whistling for a dog. And as soon as she did that, from the wall, you know, a few feet from her, comes this ball of light and comes shooting right for her. Like as if a dog was was responding to her whistle. It was, it's, it's pretty wild. Wow. And I have that. I, I, oh, I have that on video. 
Yeah, so it, the name, it was amazing. The name of your uh, YouTube uh, is, uh, what's it? You can find Ghost it under Hunter Ghost Marcia? Hunter Marsha. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, you have a conference uh, coming up where you're going to be doing an EVP workshop this fall. I at am. The Chicago Ghost I'm Conference. Doing... So tell us about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Ursula Bielski, um, who is a, a Chicago icon here as far as the, uh, the paranormal. Um, she's written tons of books about uh, Chicago and, and the Chicagoland area and all the various ha- hauntings around here. Um, she throws a conference um, every year. She hosts a conference, I should say, every year. And this year I'll be doing an EVP workshop where I'll be talking about capturing EVPs, the do's and don'ts, um, and also just what you can do, because I use Audacity, which is a very simple, free program that, you know, I don't use, I keep, like, my videos aren't really, like, they're not shows, they're not fancy, they're just, I try to keep it just simple as I can. I mean, yeah, I'll have some music at the beginning, maybe at the end, but it, I try to you know, they're my video files. For me, it's a file that I can open up and go, okay, there's this clip, that clip, that clip, that clip. This is what I got from this place. Um, and so I, I and in part, it, keeping that simple um, design to the work that I do is, yeah, I use Audacity, which is really easy to use. Um, something everyone has access to. I don't use any fancy programs at all um, to clean up my my EVPs or anything like that. It's something that anyone can do. Um, and they're all programs that people have access to. Um, so I'm going to be doing an, uh, a workshop, and uh, and I'm really excited about it. It'll be fun. It'll be super fun. It looks like it's going to be so. So it's October yeah, yeah. It's always a good crowd. Twenty two sixteen Chicago Ghost Con eight, and they'll be at the Willowbrook Ballroom. And to get your uh, tickets, you go to chicagohauntings.com, dot com, and there you can go to the ticket link, and and hear more. Meet the people in person. Meet Marsha in person, and uh, she'll be doing her EVP workshop. So you know, inviting everybody to go if you're in the Chicago area or going there. Please attend. And uh, okay, so we got about a minute left, Marcia. So uh, um, I want to thank you so much for for being on and being uh, informative. And uh, I really like working with the professionals because you know we can depend on what you're saying to be the truth. You know, and I want everybody to be able to come on the show and tell their truth, what's for real going on. Right. Don't give us anything stupid going on because I can hear it when. It's not. Uh, it's not quite kosher. You know, something's wrong with it. Right. I, uh, yeah. So, you have any new well, projects coming up? Go ahead. Um, nothing new coming up that I know of. So okay. yeah, nothing. I don't have any investigations lined up right now. Um, I've been working really, really hard. Um, and so yeah, I don't know. I but. I'm sure in the next few weeks something will be happening with, especially with Dave and John. Uh, we've been That's back right. and forth trying to plan, trying to plan something. So I'm sure we'll get something 
on the calendar here soon, but I have nothing on my calendar right now. Okay. Um, so, well, yeah, and I want to thank you so much for inviting me to do You're this very tonight. Welcome. That was, it was really a great time. I really enjoyed myself. Yeah. I know. I really enjoyed it, too. It's always great hearing from you. I see you on Facebook all the time. And, uh, yeah. You're a wonderful woman, and uh, I appreciate being a researcher or experiencer. I think I'm a little both, but, um, and I wish you well. And uh, thank you. many happy and joyous year ahead because uh, ah, it's a you, tiring you. year. I don't know what you felt, but I felt tired. Oh my God! You're not kidding. I know it's horrible. It's a so burning the candle it. at both ends. It feels like it is. It's been it's been a rough year. Let's hope uh, you know we can just pray for each other and give each other energy to keep going. And uh, right, wish you every kind of good luck and God bless you. And thank you for being on the paranormal. Thank secret. you. Thank you. My Bye-bye. pleasure. Thank you. Take good care. night. Okay. Bye. Good night. You too. It's an, an interesting thought-provoking uh, interview with Marsha, and I really appreciate her coming on. So thanks again, and be sure to check out Market Collinger's now for October. You know, these years are flying by, months and months go by fast. So get your tickets now, and also get your rooms, and it will be at, you can get your tickets at uh, chicagohauntings.com, and there you'll see Marsha and uh, other people. There's a bunch of speakers, ghost hunts, ghost tours, meet and greet screenings and a costume and the paranormal expo will be there too. So that'll be October 7th through 9th and go to www.chicagohauntings.com and you'll have a good time. We're attending other, other conferences uh, too. And, uh, you know, because it's quite amazing. Uh, everything in the paranormal field is so interesting to me. So please follow the links to contact me. And you can leave me a message if you would like to take part in our show or for general help and assistance. I want to thank our wonderful guest. And, uh, Marsha, please come back anytime. And also, uh, we want to thank everybody that was in chat and who called in our listeners. I, I like you very much for you be doing that and coming here every week. We love you so much. And this show is archived, so you can listen to it again. And remember to tell your friends this is a place to go. To hear the best peeps in the world on the paranormal sacred every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's for the unheard may be heard. And I recommend this to your friend. God bless you. May your dreams come true. And true love live in your heart forever. Love you. Take care. Bye-bye.